1: Welcome to SciShow Tangents, the lightly competitive knowledge showcase starring some of the geniuses that make the YouTube series SciShow happen. This week, as always, I'm joined by Stefan Chin. Hello,
2: I'm here. What's your favorite flavor of Pop Tart? Frosted strawberry. <laughs> I don't, I don't think
3: it's, I don't think you could anybody could go Ugh, over a frosted strawberry Pop Tart. That's like the most neutral one.
1: I like them unfrosted. I like the regular strawberry. No, that's so weird. I feel like somebody just poured a bunch of Mountain Dew all over a pastry. That's how I
0: (laughs) That is an old person popcorn. I want less frosting. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Eat a bowl of oatmeal or something. You eat grape nuts? (laughs) I (laughs) I do Shredded wheat
0: without the frosting.
1: Yeah, that's very
3: boomer. That shouldn't exist anymore.
0: (laughs) It's the year 2020.
1: We have the technology. We can put sugar on it.
3: And we're all babies now.
1: (laughs) We need it. (laughs) Stephen, what's your tagline? Mambo number five. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> stuck in there. Sam Schultz is also here with us. Sam, what's your tagline? Leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> Sari Riley, hello. Hello. What's your tagline? Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm Hank Green. And my tagline is she won't be coming around the mountain. Hank, what's the best cloud you've
3: ever seen? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ooh, (laughs) It's a great Hank Green question. Uh I did once see a cloud coming off of the top uh, at the pass in Glacier National Park, Uh the Logan Pass. And the cloud was like hanging there. But then as it fell off the edge of the pass, it disappeared. And so it just sort of like was constantly water falling off the edge. Really
3: neat. It's a hell of a cloud.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for asking. Every week here on Sci-Show Tangents, we get together to try to one-up, amaze, and delight each other with science facts. We're playing for glory, but we're also keeping score on a warning, Sam Bucks, from week to week. We do everything we can to stay on topic, but we're not great at that. So if you go on a tangent and people deem it unworthy, we can dock you a Hank Buck. And now, as always, we introduce this week's topic with a traditional science poem, this week from Stefan.
2: notes, chords, ratios organized across time in a staff in rows. Play it, sing it, if you've got a bell, ring it. That's right, this poem is musical. Music is felt universally, whether produced by voice or drums or strings, but does a chimpanzee understand harmony or feel the rhythmic complexity? How can it be that a bunch of vibrating molecules makes me feel this way inside? (laughs) Don't ask too many questions, my dude. There's only so much we can learn with MRI. Whether you're at work, whether you're you're at home, but you're at a party or if you are alone, every time <laughs> is a good time to hear a musical collection of notes, unless you're sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. something. It was everything. Uh, I was, was delighted
0: it. and then offended. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: wow. So our topic of the week is music. Thank you, Stefan, for for sharing with the class. And he gets
3: an extra buck, I believe. Yeah, I better get two two bucks
1: for this one. It is an extra buck to do it musically. (laughs) So now we're going to try and do our best to define music. Uh Just give me like 10
2: words max.
0: Making sounds with the goal of making people feel something.
3: Oh, oh my no. God! You said that in the least musical way possible. But hey, you- <laughs> don't. We've
1: come for enough.
3: <laughs> Wouldn't that include any conversation in in music or like oh. clap, like trying to scare somebody? Like boo is boo music.
2: I don't know. According, According to music, you, it is. <laughs> yeah, could. Be. I feel like there's a time component, like it's how uh, sounds play out over time. Mm, I don't know, yeah, like yeah. in like Western music, you're following like rules and principles of music theory, and so like there's notes that suggest the key, mm-hmm. and there's specific like patterns within the rhythm and the notes and all that. Mm-hmm. We should say that Stefan knows things about music. You know, so, a couple yeah. things about music. <laughs>
1: I hadn't really thought about it, but if, like, time didn't exist, music also could not exist. Every All the notes would happen at the same time, and that would not oh, be pretty. Yeah. Oh. You really would
2: have—you'd be much more limited in the, in the ones you could play. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's feel—like, that's somewhat conditioned, like if we were just used to hearing all the notes at once, yeah, and that I was the see, but, only thing we knew. Oh man! And there's I, no time, so like, what are we, anyways? I don't know. That's true. <laughs> that's a
1: great question: I definitely don't know the answer to that question, <laughs> but I do like the idea that there is no music
0: without time. Does music have some sort of pattern that conversation doesn't? Like pattern in the sounds that are made. What is
2: music? There is this music? So if you record, like, the sound of a river, like, that's not music. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there could be, like, patterns in the waves or, like, birds chirping. Or like yeah. mosquitoes well, buzzing in a particular is, pattern. Is birds singing yeah.
1: music? I feel like it can. It's be. like
2: it's starting to get musical, and yeah. like there's a blurry line there where at some point you've you've now crossed the line into music. Huh. I think there's maybe like a cultural component course, to it. Sure. That yeah, like, that's
1: the great thing about ones like music, where it's like, well, ultimately everyone knows we're not going to get this one right. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a lot of science, and it's all it's a lot of math too. Mm-hmm. Like, like the ratios, you know, both has, the ratios in terms of. <laughs> The notes, but also, you know, time signatures and Mm -hmm. rhythm. Because I think that rhythm is a big, is obviously sort of... Oh, I'm not gonna... I I guess I can't say uh, that rhythm is necessary to music, but it's necessary for my personal enjoyment of music.
2: I mean, the thing is, like, none of the individual things, because there's atonal music, too. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, each of the things that we... Are including in the definition, you can make music that doesn't have those things. Right. But.
3: Is there a etymology of music?
0: Oh, I didn't look that up because I was just tuned out for this whole episode.
2: <laughs> I imagine it's from the
1: muse, the Greek oh, muse. Art of the muses. Oh, the art of the muses.
3: In classical Greece, any art in which the muses presided, but especially music with lyrical poetry.
1: Any art. So just a... Sculpture is music. Yes. Well, Sarah, you didn't tell me that.
0: Because if I had walked into this room and been like, "That sculpture right there of the thinker that's on the wall behind us, that's music." We would have laughed at here. me. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> you really don't know what music <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> oh, is. that Why you don't listen
1: to the radio? You think it's sculpture?
3: Yeah. You look at a little sculpture on your dashboard. And now
1: it's time for. One of our panelists has prepared three science facts for the rest of us to enjoy and be educated by, but only one of those facts is real. The other ones are lies, and we have to figure out either by deduction or wild guess which is the true fact. Sam! It's your turn.
3: I appreciate you moving on, but I feel profoundly unsatisfied by whatever that definition said. <laughs> <was. laughs> In movies, inspirational music swells when the hero is about to best their foe, score a game-winning goal, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. But does this movie logic apply to the real world? Could you listen to rousing inspirational music and suddenly start doing whatever you're doing even better? In certain situations, yes. So which of these is one of those situations? In in
1: one situation, but not two.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Number one, listening to music while doing creative work like writing or visual art significantly increases your creativity. Number two, listening to music while driving makes you focus less on small distractions, therefore less likely to make mistakes. Or number three, listening to music while playing sports helps you score more points.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, does it matter at all what kind of music it is? I feel like I've seen research that has talked about listening to like more aggressive styles of music makes people drive faster. Mm, definitely. That but definitely th- I've also seen me. research that says that people who are driving faster tend to make less mistakes because they're paying more attention than people who are driving really slow. Right,
1: but the mistakes they make are more catastrophic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did say rousing
3: inspirational
1: music. Rousing inspirational music. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound like it's about art then. Mm. I know personally that i cannot write and listen to music at the same time
3: mm-hmm. but
1: i can draw and listen to music at the same time yeah. but like the conflict of words with other words so even instrumental music though i don't know mm.
0: yes to me if i try to listen to instrumental music while reading or writing my brain goes, it's too much. Too
1: much. I oh. cannot end this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I can listen to, like, uh, the hacker's soundtrack while I write emails, and I feel like it makes me super productive. Yeah. Just blast the music. And I'm just like, I want to do all these emails. Do you consider— yeah! cool. <laughs> What? Is that creative work? Well, emails can be creative work. Yeah. But usually if I'm resorting to the hacker's soundtrack, <laughs> it means that I needed to write a lot of emails. Uh-huh. And so my emails are going to be of low quality, but they're going to at least be sent.
0: Okay. <laughs> I don't really have strong opinions about this because <laughs> <laughs> you uh,
3: hate music. Yeah. So. I
0: don't hate music. In in high school art class, my art teacher would sometimes let people play music on their headphones. <laughs> uh-huh. Sometimes not. Like people grumbled when you couldn't. Uh-huh. So maybe would you get pissed painful. at
3: them when they were listening to music. Yeah.
0: No, I would just listen. Do my art in silence.
3: <laughs>
0: the sports thing. Makes sense because in college, my dorm room was near the tennis courts and they always played music during the practice. That was how I stayed up to date with the current music trends is what came from the so tennis court. Okay. <laughs>
3: Stefan, any thoughts as a music uh, expert, man?
2: I feel driven by music. Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel like I'm more creative when I'm listening to music. Obviously, if I'm writing music, it's harder to listen to music. While yeah, you're that acts. makes it hard. <laughs> but, yeah. but I always have music playing while I'm driving. But I don't know if that affects my focus. It's just like I need that stimulation. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what am I doing here?
1: Alone with my thoughts, which I don't want to be. I'm going to go with driving because I think that there seems that seems real to me. I think that we can sort of like get sort of sucked in if we don't have something to pull us out a little bit. Mm -hmm.
0: I'm going to say sports because even though it sounds cliche makes sense I don't know I listen to music when I run because I get
3: bored so Ooh. wow There's Sorry, listening to music what are you listening to
0: I don't know it's like what Nicole told me to listen to <laughs> okay. and then also <laughs> musical soundtracks that I just put on rotation uh, but cats. I like do you listen to cats I don't listen to cats I hate cats <laughs> I like put on a bunch of things and then I took out anything that felt too slow that I started mm, thinking about how much uh, pain my body was in like memories of... from cats yeah memories Very from cats cats I, <laughs> I
1: like
2: cats <laughs> Well, this is fortunate because I was leaning towards the creativity one. So I'm going to go with that one and we'll spread it out. Oh,
3: y'all did. A
1: different oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's all, all the way huh. around.
3: Huh, okay. The answer is sports. Ah! <laughs> I thought was I was right.
0: Music expert over here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so with creative work... In a 2019 study, researchers in Sweden presented college students with word puzzles that required creative thinking to solve. The students that solved the puzzle in a library did way better than students who solved it while listening to any type of music, including music that they knew really well oh, no. and just instrumental music. Hmm? I think they did the worst listening to music that they'd never heard before with sure. lyrics. This is a so, bad sign for me. Yeah. Yeah, you're I'm doing my worst. Back. So anecdotally, there's this animator, Richard Williams, who was in charge of Who Framed Roger Abbott, Mm -hmm. and he has this book called The Animator's Survival Kit, and there's a very, like, infamous page where he he has a cartoon of him screaming at somebody who's listening to music while they're drawing, saying that nobody is smart enough to think of two things at one time. So a lot of animators are like, that's bullshit, but he probably is right. (laughs) I know I have to pause music a lot when I'm like, when I really have to work on something, I have to, like pause it and think really hard about it. With driving, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence of people saying that they, quote, can't see while they drive if music is too loud. And this is something that happens to me all the time. Like if I'm trying to park, I have to turn my music off because I like can't think straight. Mm. So in 2007, a study using simulated driving tests and other reflex tests showed that listening to loud, like rock music in your car can decrease your reaction time by 20%. Oh, so be careful, Stefan. Twenty percent is a lot. That is not mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And there's evidence also that if you're listening to music, you know that that's more distracting than listening to music you don't know. Oh, yeah. So
1: like Absolutely. a driving
3: playlist where you're singing along. Oh, yeah. You make more mistakes driving.
1: But you don't fall asleep, which is really <laughs> what I'm going for. Yeah, <laughs> that's the biggest mistake <laughs> that you can make. So yeah.
3: that's probably okay. Yeah. And then with the sports one, in 2018, there was a study where participants were shooting basketballs from distances that they got to choose. Mm-hmm. So the study found that participants who had, and these were people who had all kinds of sports experience. So... People with low self-esteem with sports who were already performing poorly at the task did not improve when they were listening to music, but people who were good at sports who listened to music of their choosing, usually like really peppy music, took bigger chances, like stood farther away Mm. and did significantly better shooting. Mm. So if you're good at sports already, listening to exciting music will make you better at sports. But if you are sad about sports already, it will not help at all. (laughs)
1: I like like the difference between being bad at sports and just being sad at
3: sports. <laughs> That's kind of what the study made it sound like. It was yeah. like people who self-rated themselves <laughs> right. as bad at sports never got better at it, no matter huh. what. So mm. maybe if they believed in themselves a little That's bit That's a lesson for life. It really is. Right. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Next up, we're going to take a short break, and then the fact off. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Factor. Who's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning. Stress is stressful. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) Life just goes and goes, and it doesn't ever stop going. There's always something else to do. And one of those things is a very important thing called eating dinner. To eat dinner, one must pick out what they want to eat and then go to the grocery store and then buy this stuff and then chop the stuff and do other things to this stuff. You have to heat this stuff and put it in water and then afterwards you have to
0: Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T A N G E N T S.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Sam Total. Stefan's got two mm. because of your song. Sam's got two because you just rocked it in the truth or fail. And Sarah's got one because she got that good old music ah. question right. And I got nothing, <laughs> by the way. So it's, it's my chance now to come back for you and attempt to get some points here in the fact. Where two panelists have brought science facts to present to the others in an attempt to blow their minds. And you get to assign your sandbuck to the fact you like the most. We're going to decide who goes first. I can't look at this.
2: Ah, yes. So the question is, in the 20-teens, the Museum of Science and Industry in Manchester, England, used an online test called Hooked on Music to ask about 12,000 participants to identify the catchiest, most quickly recognizable song. Mm -hmm. These are the five catchiest. But which of these songs was scientifically deemed the catchiest? Is it Eye of the Tiger by Survivor? Wannabe by Spice Girls? It's Wannabe by Spice Girls. <laughs> Is it SOS by ABBA? Mambo Number 5? Ooh, my tagline! By Lou Vega. <laughs> <laughs>
3: or Just Dance by Lady Gaga? And whoever's closest to number 1 with their guess gets to oh, go. Oh, I see. Gets to choose,
1: Yeah. I went with Wannabe by Spice Girls. I am not changing my guess because that's the right answer. I want
3: Sarah to sing a bar of each of these
0: songs. I only know three of the five. I don't know what the... Oh, that's good. I don't know what three and four are.
3: That's like a
2: natural 50-50. Yeah. You would only know oh, the yeah. catchiest songs. That's right.
0: Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I have the tiger because I felt like I knew that from the youngest age.
2: The most quickly recognizable song is Wannabe. Yeah, the spice. So,
1: like, (laughs) like, I know exactly what's about to happen.
2: (laughs) Uh, uh, Number two was Mambo number five, and then Eye of the Tiger. Mm. Oh, wow. I would have thought Eye of the Tiger was second because it's like. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah. that's the thing.
3: Is the first line of Mambo number five him saying Mambo number five, though? That might be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, I'm going to go first. Do you want to know about the highest note that has ever been played on a musical Ooh, instrument? On sure. an instrument? Well, it was played by a laser on a guitar <laughs> that is smaller than a red blood cell. The guitar is? The guitar is. They what? made a nano guitar out of crystalline silicon that was 10 <laughs> microns long. <laughs> its length is significantly thinner than a human hair. They first made a nano guitar in 1997, but it didn't have strings that were playable, mm. and they created created a second model in 2003 that had that had strings, and instead of getting a very small man to play it, uh, <laughs> uh, they can shoot a laser at it, uh-huh. and that laser can then, by the way that the laser light gets reflected back, you can see how fast the string is vibrating, and it's vibrating 130,000 times higher than the sound of a full-scale guitar. So it's 133,000 times higher Higher pitched than a guitar. And the laser
3: is plucking the string? It just shoots
1: it and the string then vibrates. uh, uh, Yeah. yeah. Hits it with
2: some photons. It's like some atomic excitation. Exactly. (laughs) What?
0: Does it look like a very, very tiny guitar?
2: Yes. (laughs) It looks like a very, very tiny guitar. Oh, yeah. It's pretty (laughs) metal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you saw it, you would say, that's a guitar. Yeah. It doesn't actually look like it has a bridge. It looks like the the crystalline silicon strings are actually what sort of holds the holds the neck together. But if you're wondering why they did it, uh, it's basically because they could. So (laughs) the scientists said that sometimes nanotechnology has a bit of a negative feel toward it and they want to make it not scary to people. And so sometimes they like to try and make cute things hmm. with nano nanotechnology
2: so there's no application for this
1: None, well they, they think that there may be some applications and they're like oh this is interesting maybe we could use it for this over here but like honestly they made a tiny guitar yeah
3: my tardigrade needs a guitar
1: that's right that's right i think this would be too small even for a tardigrade
0: yeah if it's like red blood cell size you could give it to like a virus or
3: something yeah
1: viruses are tiny Way too small for this.
0: Oh,
3: oh no! Well, what Sorry. can have
0: it then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blood up cells.
3: Okay, good old. They don't human have cells. arms though. Tardigrades need them. They're the only ones with arms. Yeah, Tardigrades we don't anthropomorphize do
0: anthropomorphize our cells.
3: Please, <laughs> I can't imagine my blood. You ever seen on. a little movie called uh, Osmosis Jones? <laughs> it doesn't no. sound like you have. <laughs> <laughs> if you make a small guitar, but you can't play the strings, is it really a guitar? Exactly. No, mm, it's nowadays. just a picture of a guitar. <laughs> yeah,
1: but if it but if it makes noise. Even if that noise is undetectable, it's a guitar. Now, it's well, not it ha- tuned.
0: <laughs> it's not. Un- it's undetectable by ears. It's still detectable, right? It's
1: detectable, yes.
0: Because I feel like if it's undetectable by anything, then
1: that's yes. not a noise <laughs> anymore. It's detectable by
3: lasers. When they're making teeny stuff like this, are they 3D printing? Or- what are they doing? You know, I don't know. Okay. How they make these tiny <laughs> silicon crystals. Okay. What note does it play? Do they know?
1: That is a great question. I, I wanted to figure out what note the the strings played but I was not able to Hmm. I'm not convinced
2: that they know based on how they reported the number you could
1: totally figure it out I think that this article doesn't have have the number because it's like about 130,000 times higher but like if you were measuring it with a laser you could Mm. actually tell what the what the frequency was and then from that you could be like this is a C sharp you know 45 octaves (laughs) higher than middle C or whatever (laughs)
3: I don't know and understand anything about music at all.
2: Good thing we're I don't know what an octave is. I don't know what So uh, on that front, like if you play middle C, that's four hundred and forty hertz in, in our musical system. And so then if you go up an octave, you're doubling the frequency. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is why they sort of sound related. They sound like the same note. Because every time you go up an octave, you're just doubling that frequency. Uh-huh. And so if you but know the exact frequency Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the the distance between each octave is in terms of absolute numbers, it grows over time.
0: Is that how they knew that the black hole was making the noise of yeah. a certain note or yeah. something? Mm-hmm. That? You
2: just, if you figure out the frequency, you can just do some quick math based on notes that we use and have a tuning for and then say, oh, it's, it's a B. All right. Whose turn is
0: it? Mine. So, synthetic music and synthesizing electronic music is where it gets really physicsy, physicsy, and brain-bendy for me. Even more so than just normal instruments. But, Humans figured it out way earlier than I expected. An inventor named Thaddeus Cahill patented the art of an apparatus for generating and distributing music electrically, a device he called the telharmonium in 1897. So that was when mass music media like radio or CDs didn't really exist. And basically, he wanted the telharmonium to be a scientific synthesizer of any instrument or orchestra or whatever he wanted that transmitted sounds over phone lines to any home or hotel or restaurant on demand to people who subscribed to his system. Although you'd need an amplified phone receiver to hear it. And in one article, they said you could tuck it away in foliage or flowers like a (laughs) hidden speaker in 1901 he had a working prototype where two performers would sit at keyboards essentially which Mm -hmm. would trigger tone wheels which was like the big invention of his thing which were to my understanding cylinders with different widths like variable widths along them that spun in a magnetic field and because of the bumps Some of them were closer to the magnet, some of them were farther from the magnet, and that generated an alternating electric current and produced the sine waves that created the musical tones. And so his model that he presented publicly in 1906 weighed over 200 tons, measured over 60 feet long, and required 2,000 switches, which I think are the keys, and included 145 separate tone wheels. And cost about two hundred thousand dollars to build, which is about five and a half million today. Uh. So it was this huge machine, and it was new and flashy. And the first time it broadcast in a restaurant was full of surprise and delight. But the New York Telephone Company noticed, or started getting complaints, because. this music machine was interfering with normal telephone conversations across the telephone lines. Like, it generated so much electrical power. So they stopped providing cables, and this inventor was left without cables for his device, which meant... No sounds were being transmitted, which meant no uh, so, no one could subscribe to it.
3: He got deplatformed.
0: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and so his business tanked.
1: Was there radio? There was radio. Was there radio? There the, wasn't radio? There was
0: radio existing, but it wasn't, like, popularized. Used, like, we had learned okay. about radio waves. Yeah. And so this basically left f- an a void for wireless transmissions instead of wired transmissions. Right. To was the interference
1: popular? music? Were they, like, hearing music <laughs> on the line? I think so because in that's that cool. case, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. you, you shouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah. You're getting free music. Nice. You didn't there have is to subscribe. There is a person in a room playing music for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just enjoy it. But the people instead were like ghosts. Ghosts, yeah. definitely ghosts.
0: You're interrupting my conversation. I'm yeah. having neighborhood gossip sesh.
3: Is there any record of what it sounded like?
0: No, there are no recordings oh. because after his business tanked, his brother tried to s- preserve one of the instruments, uh-huh. but they could not find anyone. To protect it. And so they just scrapped it for the metal because oh. there was so much. So no it's recordings lost. of it. And the three versions of it that was built have been lost to time. And so we have no idea what it sounded like. Oh, my God. He was
3: so far ahead of his yeah. time. Yeah. He mm-hmm. was
1: streaming. Did, did they call you? Did you have to answer the phone or did it just show up?
0: I think you had to have cables run to your house. Oh, okay. Like oh, a phone line. It's like
1: a separate line. But
0: you could just pick it up and there would always be music playing, I think. That's that what was it had to be
1: being played live. Of yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So the two people had to be sitting at this keyboard playing, but they could simulate any sort of Violin or trumpet oh, or whatever man. with this one that machine.
3: It's so freaking weird. I just feel like if he came forward in time, he would we would show him Spotify and he'd be like, oh, I knew it. Yeah.
1: I was on this. Yeah. He's listening to it and he's like, how do they, what what do their wheels look like? <laughs> Where are the cables? <laughs> Search <laughs> the foliage. How do you how do your wheels this good? <laughs> well, good facts. Oh. Me and Sari. <laughs> I gotta give you guys a countdown and you're gonna tell me which fact you like the best. Okay. Three two one oh, Sari yeah I figured that was a really good oh, fact they were smart. both really
3: good though yeah. but the first streaming service I know the <laughs> <Ever>. first <laughs> streaming service
1: is like a eight ton machine <laughs> yeah is really good and I'm like
0: mine's very small
3: oh small is great I love small yeah. but
0: it was both guys doing things cause they thought it would be fun yeah <laughs> yeah with mm-hmm. music, so that's... Yeah, but I feel like one of them worked harder.
1: Now it's time for Ask the Science Couch where we ask a listener question to our couch of finely honed scientific minds. This question comes from at Patty Shag and at Pen Paper Planner. What causes timber in instruments? Why does a guitar sound like a guitar and a piano like a piano, etc.? So, like, there's a clean, pure note that's 440 hertz. Is yeah, that right?
3: Yeah.
1: And, and that's like... Boom, It sounds like that. That's not what guitars sound like. That's not what flutes sound like. They all sound different. They all play the same note, but they all sound different. So you have these, like, quality to the note that is not just the note, and that's the timbre.
2: Uh Is that right? Timbre. Yeah. Yes, it's timbre. It's it's also timbre. I just think... You can't use such a banal word to describe this
3: quality of sound. You need something that sounds fancy. Timbre. Yeah, timbre is better than timber,
2: which is just wood. But yeah, so you have the the fundamental frequency, but there's also like, usually you have a series of like higher frequencies that are related to the fundamental frequencies that are also produced. Mm -hmm. And so you get like the octave at 880 and then there's like... Uh, i wrote them down like 1320 and 1760 and they're related to 440 by specific ratios and like normally that that lowest frequency is the loudest and then as you go up they get quieter mm. and then the way that they resonate within like the body of the acoustic guitar or within your throat or within the piano body like it emphasizes or deemphasizes like some of those frequencies mm-hmm. differently and so you get like a unique ...frequency spectrum, even right. for the same note between different instruments. But something I learned about timbre for this is that it's there's also other contextual clues. It's not just like the frequencies that you're hearing... When you pluck a guitar, there's a sharp transient where it's very loud at first when you pluck it, mm-hmm. and then it gets quieter. And a very si- like there's a signature pattern right. to how the volume changes over time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like your voice, you can modulate in all kinds of different ways, but you can't really reproduce the same kind of volume envelope that you would get from plucking a guitar string. Right. <laughs> and so we learn to recognize different instruments using all these different clues.
0: So does everyone's voice have a different timbre? Mm-hmm. Like.
2: You That's describe. like how you recognize voices is because our voices mm. have these we unique hear. signatures.
1: If you want to ask the Science Couch your question, you can follow us on Twitter at SciShowTangents, where we'll tweet out upcoming topics for episodes every week. Thank you to at PartlyHarmless, at DGGelman, and everybody else who tweeted us your questions this episode. Sam Buck final scores. I come in with a whopping zero points. Sam and Stefan tied for second with two. Mm. And Sari coming out on top.
0: I won nice. the music episode. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Give me a Grammy. Is that the right one? Yeah, good job. I had to go through the other three and be like, that's not the
1: music one. <laughs> if you like this show and you want to help us out, it's easy to do that. You can leave us a review wherever you listen. That helps us know what you like about the show. Also, we look at our iTunes reviews for topic ideas for future episodes. Second, you can tweet out your favorite moment from this episode. And finally, if you want to show your love for SciShow Tangents, just tell, tell people, people about us. us. Thank you for joining. I've been Hank Green. I've been Sari Riley. I've been Stefan Shea. And I've been Sam Schultz. SciShow Tangents. Tangents is a co-production of Complexly and the Wonderful Team at WNYC Studios. It's created by all of us and produced by Caitlin Hoffmeister and Sam Schultz, who also edits a lot of these episodes along with Hiroka Matsushima. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Chappervardi. Our sound design is by Joseph Tuna Medish. Our social media organizer is Victoria Bongiorno. And we couldn't make any of this without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you. And remember, the mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be lighted.
0: But one more thing. The brown note is a supposed frequency in the infrasonic range, (laughs) somewhere below 20 hertz. Oh my God. That makes people poop when they hear it. What? But it's never been proven. And we actually think it's the myth started in a new scientist fake article from December 26th, 1974, about a fake instrument called the colophone. And. (laughs) They said in this quote, However, as soon as the first notes crashed out, the audience showed signs of discomfort, which gave rise to panic before a verse of the anthem was complete. Moreover, the evident mass psychological disturbance was accompanied by unpleasant physiological symptoms, pain, diuresis, and diarrhea. And like after this article was published, where it was like, it caused people to shit themselves and pee (laughs) and whatever. The brown note idea kind of took on a life of its own, but it's never been... But that, that article present. was fake. Yes,
1: it was a oh. lie. Was it a lie on purpose? It was like April Fool's?
0: I think so. It was December, so I don't know why it was a fake <laughs> article. But...
1: Yeah. Back in the 70s, April Fool's was during yeah. December. Because <laughs> yes. of the
3: leap year, it moved Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what is diuresis,
3: peeing yourself? Yeah.
0: My bonus bonus fact is that trombones used to be called sack butts. <laughs> <laughs>